0: It was spring of 2018, and Mario Agen was a high school senior at North Highlands High School in New Jersey. He was on the football team, and he hoped to continue to play in college. Coaches usually help student-athletes get recruited for college sports programs, but he didn't get that support.
1: And people just asked me, Mario, uh, what school you going to? What you doing? And I just felt completely lost. I didn't know where I was going, what to do.
0: Mario always knew he wanted to play football. He never saw himself doing anything else. So, after not getting into any colleges, he reached out to more schools while he was home. Then one day, he gets a message on Twitter from a coach at an Ohio high school called Christians of Faith Academy, or COF. Coaches
1: from COF watched some of Mario's plays, and they were impressed. Hey, we really want you, we watch the film, you know, just like trying to recruit me to come there and whatnot.
0: Mario never heard of COF, That's because it was a completely new high school. But it was making some impressive claims. For one, they had staff members who used to play for the NFL. The campus had all new facilities and equipment. And the school was already scheduled to play some of the best high schools in the country. On top of all of that, they offered online classes so students could improve their grades. But this is the kicker. Students, they wouldn't have to pay for anything because everyone who attended was given a full scholarship.
1: So it was like, I have this chance to go to Ohio. It's either I take it or I stay home. Like, that's, that's a big decision to make at 18.
0: And it turns out, Mario's friend was going to COF. His decision was made. That summer, Mario rode along with his friend and his friend's father to Ohio. The day he arrived at COF, Mario met some of his fellow teammates who came in from all over the country. He also met the head of the high school, Roy Johnson.
1: He seemed cool. Like, he gave us, like, some gear that we would be wearing, our practice stuff. You know, it was all Adidas, so we
0: thinking it's legit. Roy compared the school to the community colleges seen in the documentary, Last Chance U. He told students that one day, they'd be on TV too. But when Mario and the other players looked around... It wasn't what they imagined. The shiny new buildings they were promised,
1: well, they didn't exist, at least not yet. Once we got there, we wasn't in no campus or any dorms. We was in, it's like a little hotel or something like that. They told the students that the campus
0: was still being built and that it'd be finished soon. And for the time being, the team would have to stay in the hotel. This also meant the gym and football field weren't ready. Instead, a bus picked the team up and took them to an indoor soccer field for practice.
1: We would just go through plays and stuff like that. It wasn't practice, it wasn't organized. And we'll be there for like an hour, then we'll go back to the hotels and do nothing for the rest of the day.
0: The school didn't have athletic trainers or even medics on hand if someone got injured. Mario thought that was strange for a school that prided themselves on their athletic program. When the school year rolled around, things only got worse.
1: Once the season started going on, we was playing games, and then some coaches just started leaving, that's when we started realizing something was wrong. Something was wrong. We was lied to.
0: I'm Alzo Slade, and this is Cheap, the show where we ask, is it ever okay to break the rules? This week, Fantasy football, the school that never was. It all started around 2017. Roy Johnson, a former life insurance salesman turned entrepreneur, he had an idea.
2: Roy Johnson is the type of character where like you speak to him for like three minutes and you're like,
0: that is a, an interesting guy. This is Andrew King, an investigative journalist, reporter, and writer in Columbus, Ohio. He's that guy that you kind of like can't pin down. You ask him
2: what he does, and he gives you, like, a really nondescript answer, but it sounds sort of, like, grand in a weird way. He's just, like, operating at a different
0: wavelength than everyone else. Roy wanted to start a school. It would offer an exciting football program to help students from underfunded backgrounds get into college. He called it Christians of Faith Academy.
2: They had all these grand schemes. We're just going to be the very beginning of this process, and we're probably going to lose a bunch at first, but eventually we're going to be very famous, and we're going to get all these kids all this exposure.
0: Roy was a charismatic guy who had connections with all kinds of important people, and those people bought into Roy's big ideas. Guys
2: who are well-connected or have a real resume That heard this kind of philanthropic story about this school that was going to give good kids who needed a second chance a home to try to make a football career. And said, oh yeah, you know, I'll be a part of that.
0: Roy managed to get two former NFL players, Andre Peterson and Jay Richardson, on staff. And the church said they would donate a huge tract of land for their campus.
2: They had super famous like planning people involved in this project. The guy who built the Olympic stadiums in Atlanta was involved. They were planning on building this huge like gleaming state of the art place where kids were gonna like live. There's gonna be like a basketball court, uh, all
0: that stuff. On top of being a football school, COF Academy was also a religious school. This meant that they weren't gonna use state funding and they didn't have to follow conventional state education rules. But schools take money to run, and Roy had to find funding somewhere. Religious schools typically charge tuition to cover operations, or an affiliated church helps with funding. Since Roy wasn't going to charge tuition, he needed the help of a religious institution. For years, Roy had been working alongside the African Methodist Episcopal Church handling finances and projects, and the AME agreed to help back Roy's school. His friend Jay Richardson— also helped fund the project. He had the land, the staff, the funding. Now, he just needed the students.
2: So, they got their students from a combination of desperation, exaggeration, and lofty promises, essentially.
0: They recruited kids who were 19 and hadn't graduated high school. Others were in bad academic standing, And some even had active arrest warrants. I
2: heard one story about a kid who was walking through the Walmart parking lot with his mom. And Roy Johnson and one of the other coaches walked over to him and were like, you're a big kid. You ever play football? And like, that was their attempt at recruiting. (laughs) So this is just like, that's a big kid. Maybe he
0: can play football. That's as sophisticated as it was sometimes. In some cases... It worked, word spread, and kids were telling their friends about this new high school that had coaches who played for the NFL and a team that played against top-tier football schools. Soon, kids from New York, Georgia, Michigan, and California flocked to this promising new football school in Ohio. In the summer of 2018, Ben Faree was working at the Ohio High School Athletic Association, or OSA, This is the place that decides if student athletes are eligible to play, matches teams by level and size, and organizes statewide playoffs. My official job title was assistant director of officiating
3: and sport management, which is a big mouthful, uh, but basically it means do whatever they
0: ask you to do. Like any job, Ben had some boring day-to-day tasks like registering officials and doing paperwork. But there was also an exciting side to his work.
3: I also did investigations into officials' misconduct. Um, So not like an official made a bad call, but like an official did something immoral or
0: unethical, you know, sometimes even criminal. One day, Ben was walking down the hallway when he overheard a coworker talking about a new school trying to get registered. One of my coworkers was complaining that she wasn't able to find an accurate student enrollment for the school. In Ohio, the size of the school matters because a computer uses a point system to determine who goes to the playoffs. The biggest, best teams are worth the most points, and the smallest, worst teams are worth the least. So the
3: size of the student body is a factor in how many points you would get for beating them in the playoffs. Ben had never heard of the school, but he was curious. Given my job duties, my day-to-day tasks of having to find stuff out... I just sort of volunteer like, oh, hey, well, how about I take a look?
0: The school in question was called Christians of Faith Academy. Ben was surprised to find that the high school barely had a functioning website with no real information. Every page said under construction or coming soon. So Ben had to do some digging.
3: I was basically using Google, uh, diving into all the corners of the internets, the Ohio High School message boards,
0: Facebook, and finding flyers. Ben emailed the head of the school, Roy Johnson, to get the school's headcount. It was never
3: sustained contact, uh, but he had given different people different numbers at various times. Sometimes he'd say 750, sometimes he'd say 500, sometimes he'd say
0: 600. But it was always a number that was too large to be believed. So to be clear, a typical number for a new school would be under 70 students. So Ben kept pressing Roy on the topic. And Roy said, well, I can
3: show you all the applications that we have for the people that want to come to our school. And I said, I don't need to see applications. I need to see students in seats. Ben is thinking,
0: "Okay, maybe this is a small school lying about their numbers so they can schedule games with bigger and better football schools for playoff points. It made sense because this high school already had a really impressive season lined up. COF
3: Academy's football schedule was daunting that year. They were playing some of the most successful and well-known football schools in the state. Uh, And these are schools that would not play
0: a small school. This was all kind of hard for Ben to wrap his head around. How could this school, which barely existed a few months ago, have this kind of schedule.
3: So finally, after not being able to have any sort of real good faith discussion with Roy, I just went to the address that was listed on his form to
0: go see the school. When he got there, Ben didn't see students sitting in classrooms or students playing on a field. The address provided was a church.
3: There was no school at all. And that was the first time that we realized, oh, this this might be worse than we thought.
0: This was turning into something beyond what Ben expected. So he started reaching out to local reporters and papers, but no one seemed to care about this weird little football school that didn't seem to exist. But Ben turns to the one person he thought would take the time to listen. His buddy, Andrew King. At the time, Andrew was a staff reporter at This Week Community News. So he was like,
2: Andrew, do you want this story? I had essentially no interest in high school sports. So my first reaction was like, no, I don't want this
0: high school football story. But then he started looking into Christians of Faith Academy and Roy Johnson. It became clear, like very quickly, that it wasn't really a
2: high school football story, let alone a sports story. It was this strange
0: thing that kept changing every time I would look more into it. At this point, Andrew was curious, so he stuck with it. He and Ben lead their own investigation, and they start to uncover the grim reality of this new football high school. That's after the break.
4: Have you ever felt like escaping to your own desert island? Jane Gaskin did exactly that.
0: Mario Agen had moved to Ohio to attend COF, hoping it would be his ticket to college football. But when he got there, he didn't have a dorm room, a cafeteria, or a gym to train in. You know, the usual things a private high school would offer. Staff and students were staying in hotels until the campus they were promised was built. But they kept getting kicked
1: out because the school didn't pay the bill. It was like an Airbnb type. We only stayed there for like two days. Bunch of us sleeping on the floor. At one
0: point, all 40-something members of the high school stayed with a coach's wife, all crammed in a tiny apartment sharing one shower. And if that wasn't bad enough, Mario says the meals weren't consistent either.
1: They didn't feed us. There was many times kids had to figure out what they was going to eat.
0: Some kids would call home and ask for money.
1: Other kids stole
0: food from the nearby supermarkets. Mario never told his mom the truth of what was going on at COF. Instead, he confided in his middle school teacher, Miss Tiara. he texted her their caller asking for help.
1: I don't have no money to get something to eat. Can you please send me money? She will always send me money. She's more than just a teacher, more than a mother to me, you know? Even though Mario was there to play
0: football, he was told there'd be classes. I mean, COF Academy was a school after all, but there were no classrooms or teachers.
1: We was told we'd be taking class in a certain building. And when we went, it was an office building. It wasn't like no school building. And then after that, we went to a public library and we was just sitting in the room for like two hours. And then we ain't take no class. We didn't have no classes. It, was, it wasn't a school.
0: Understandably, Mario was confused and disappointed. And while his situation in Ohio was bad, he wasn't exactly eager to go back home either. The academy still felt like his one shot at a better life.
1: I can't just leave and go back home and then I'm just home on the couch and I'm not in school. But then again, it's like, damn, I want to get some film back so I can send out to some schools so I could have an opportunity to keep going.
0: Games are usually recorded. So the way Mario saw it, he had the chance to get his plays recorded. Then he could use that footage to help him get into college. But other students, they were getting fed up. Where's the food? When will the campus be finished? Why don't we have class? Or trainers. Roy Johnson kept telling them the funding was on its way and that they'll have everything soon. Soon. Once Ben and Andrew started their investigation, it became apparent that COF Academy was not a real school. Ben had gone to the school's address, which was actually a church, and didn't see any students practicing football or any classes happening. They did some more digging and quickly realized that the school seemed like it was broke. Because it was. Turns out, the school's alleged funding source backed out. At some juncture in the summer of 2018,
2: the AME Church in Columbus was like, never mind. We're just completely pulling the plug on all of this. Um, they put out this statement on their website that said that they had no idea what this was and that they weren't
0: involved at all. Money was never on its way. None of those contractors could be paid to build the campus.
2: And this is a critical juncture because this is where Roy Johnson, instead of saying, I'm so sorry, this didn't work out, said,
0: I think we can just do this anyway. Never one to give up. Roy used money from bank loans to keep the school afloat. Just a few months into being there, Mario said things were looking real rough at COF Academy. Fights were breaking out every day. I mean, who wouldn't be fighting if you were sleeping on the floor most nights and barely eating? Students started leaving, coaches left. Mario, he was reaching his breaking point. Then one weekend in November, the COF team geared up to play a game against St.
1: Francis Academy, a school in Baltimore. First off, we didn't even have the right transportation to the game, we got to the game about like two hours late. They didn't even have a bus,
0: just minivans to drive them the six plus hours to Baltimore.
1: It was all packed in a bunch of minivans. And when we got to the game, some people said they wasn't playing and we didn't have enough people to play. So it's just the game got canceled.
0: Hungry and tired, these guys were packed in the minivans, drove six hours only for the game to be canceled. That was the last straw for Mario.
1: And then after that, I went home with one of my teammates and his pops, his dad.
0: Mario headed home and never looked back. At some point in all this, Ben's organization, OSA, decided that COF didn't qualify to register as a school because they couldn't prove students were taking classes. And soon after, the Department of Ed also said they weren't a school. Without that, COF could still play official games, but neither team would gain any points. In 2019, the school took the credential loss as an opportunity to rebrand and try again without the restrictions. A former NFL player who was on staff at COF, Andre Peterson, became the leader of Bishop Sycamore High School, and Roy became the football coach. But pretty much everything else stayed the
2: same. The lesson that they took from COF Academy wasn't that any of this stuff was a bad idea. It's that they just should have aimed lower. They just were winging it. They were just doing whatever they could to keep having a football team. And were the kids going to school? Probably not. But that didn't really matter.
0: After Andrew and Ben realized that this new school, Bishop Sycamore, was just COF with a fresh jersey, they started to warn other schools not to play them. Andrew wrote articles that shed light on the saga while Ben made phone calls. So I am calling
3: every school they schedule. We are informing them, like, this is not real. This is not a real school. This is not a real program.
0: Ben was mostly ignored. Schools continued to play Bishop Sycamore whether they believed it was a fake school or not. Why would they do that? Well, there's a few things at play here. For one, it involves the playoff point system we mentioned earlier. To simplify it, Let's say a team will earn 10 playoff points if it beats the biggest, best team in Ohio, and only one point if it beats the worst, smallest team. If you play a team that's not worth any points, like Bishop Sycamore, it doesn't count for anything. So it's not bringing your average down,
2: but that one that you get for beating a bad team brings your overall average down because it affects the points.
0: So again, the schools were still playing official games, just not earning any points. Another reason schools were willing to play Bishop Sycamore was because of, well, money.
3: So the choice becomes play a fake school just to get butts in the seats so that they can sell tickets, so that they can sell concessions, so that they can sell streaming rights to the games, or don't have a game at all. So given the choice between not having a game at all and losing out on that money or getting money and supporting a scam, the schools were choosing get that money.
0: Then the pandemic hits and Bishop Sycamore, they kind of luck out. None of the credential schools wanted to take the risk of traveling in order to play games, but Bishop Sycamore, they were down to play. Suddenly they were an incredibly popular away team opponent. They'd
3: play anybody, anywhere,
0: anytime. They played games in back-to-back days,
3: which is incredibly detrimental to the health of the athletes. There was a span in which they played four games in 10
0: days. Four games in 10 days? So, normally, a high school plays 10 games in a season. So, yeah, that's a lot of games. And it's not very safe, especially if these kids don't have trainers or medics. Meanwhile, part of Ben and Andrew's investigation found that some of the kids on the Bishop Sycamore team were over the age limit to play high school sports. Meaning that some of these kids were not kids. They were adults. In Ohio, you can
3: play sports up until you are 19. The day you turn 20, you are no longer eligible. We're letting them know they've got players on their team that are over 20. We can't prove it for a fact, but we can say, look, this. we know their quarterback is person A, and we know that person A graduated high school in 2018. Odds are they are no longer eligible for high school athletics in 2020. Ben didn't get the responses he expected. They thanked me for the information and said, we're proceeding with the game anyway. They didn't care that they were playing a team of 20-something-year-olds and lining them up against 15-year-olds. They did not care. What was important was playing a football game.
0: But soon, people would care when Bishop Sycamore had their biggest game to date. It was August of 2021, and ESPN was in the middle of its annual high school kickoff, a seven-game series highlighting great programs from around the country. They used an outside promoter to schedule the games. IMG Academy, a powerhouse high school football team, was scheduled to play. Most teams were too intimidated to face IMG. But not Bishop Sycamore. Ben knew that this wasn't going to go well. He had done some work with ESPN in the past and thought he could stop the game.
3: I tried calling them, left a couple of voicemails, never heard back.
0: So the game happens.
4: Roy Johnson, the head coach for Bishop Sycamore, they're a bit of a mystery in this game. Well, they are a bit of a mystery a mystery of what type of team we're going to see.
0: IMG is in their neat white uniforms, and Bishop Sycamore comes onto the field in their Navy uniforms. It's game time.
4: He'll hand it off, it's Gage, and he'll waltz in. And reaching across the goal line, it's Carnell Tate. His second touchdown. On the fly sweep, it's Sean Miller. Stiff arm, end zone, touchdown.
0: And it's just touchdown after touchdown after touchdown for IMG. It's an understatement to say that Bishop Sycamore was getting crushed. Halfway through the second quarter, IMG had 30 points. Bishop Sycamore, zero. Even the commentators sound concerned over this mismatched game.
4: From what we've seen so far, this is not a fair fight. And and there's got to be a point now, Lutz, where you do worry about health and safety.
0: Now, Bishop Sycamore claimed to have division one prospects, which basically means they had a lot of college level athletes on their team. But it quickly became clear to ESPN that that was not the case. The commentators admitted live on air that they didn't do their due diligence in verifying the school's credentials.
4: Bishop Sycamore told us they had a number of division one prospects on their roster. To be frank, a lot of that We could not verify. And they did not show up in our database.
0: Eventually, the game in.
4: They won it 58 to nothing against Bishop Sycamore.
0: 58 to zero. Wow. For days, people tweeted outrage and bewilderment over the game. It was all every sports show and podcast could talk about. Suddenly... Everyone took interest in this fake little football school.
1: ESPN aired high school football this weekend, and one of the teams isn't even a real team.
0: A bogus high school football team getting a nationally televised game. Like, they completely conned ESPN into this game. It was uncomfortable to watch. Everyone was shocked by the ESPN game between IMG Academy and Bishop Sycamore. Well, almost everyone. Everyone starts... Asking sort of, oh, how could
3: ESPN be duped? How could these schools be duped? Is always the common refrain. Well, they weren't duped. Maybe ESPN was. They might not fully have known. But the schools weren't. The schools knew and chose to play them anyway.
0: How could it even get this far? That's after the break. People went wild over the ESPN game that aired Bishop Sycamore against IMG Academy. How did this school dupe so many people? Why did it even exist to begin with? Now, finally, people were ready to listen to Andrew and Ben. It happened in part because of how Ohio decides who can be a school.
2: So there's this specific designation in Ohio that is a non-chartered, non-taxed school The way I've had it described to me before is that it's essentially for, like, Mennonites and Amish communities and stuff like that, where their curriculum is just not going to make any sense to anyone other than their communities.
0: When Roy Johnson started COF, he claimed it was a religious school. So he was exempt from having to follow conventional school requirements because of truly held religious beliefs. That also meant that they didn't get public funding.
2: Essentially how it shakes out is that in Ohio, there are so few laws telling schools what they can do if they're not getting tax money.
0: And so when Roy applied to the Ohio Department of Education as a religious school, he was told that they could do their thing. It was essentially left alone.
2: And so once you've done that, there's really not any impetus for anyone looking into it unless something is brought to someone's attention.
0: So there was little oversight from education officials. No one was checking in to see if kids were taking classes or being fed. Hardly anyone knew what the true conditions of this so-called school were. And even when it was brought to people's attention, Ben making phone calls, Andrew writing stories in the local paper, no one seemed to bat an eye.
2: This is going to sound really jaded, but I just don't think anybody cares I think that, if anything, I think you can make the argument that Ohio actively works to allow things like this by the way they legislate schools and other things as well. But there's like almost nothing in the way of protection for these kids written into Ohio law.
0: Only after the ESPN game did the state want to investigate. Ohio's governor, Mike DeWine, directed the Ohio Department of Education to look into Bishop Sycamore to see if they were providing the educational opportunities Ohio students deserve.
3: They obviously came to the same conclusion that I did, that yes, like CLF Academy before it, this was all a
0: scam. A scam, you say? Well, how about that? They write a 78-page report
2: that says all of the bad things they were doing, the fraud, no school, all this stuff. And the conclusion is, but we can't do anything about it. And that, I mean, I I don't think you can possibly sum it up better than that. There's just
0: nothing that they can do about it. I mean, really, Ohio? So convincing a bunch of teenagers into moving across the country to enroll in a school that promises to help them, but you don't provide basic things like food and shelter? That's totally okay? Mm, that sounds like some kind of fraud to me. I wrote all these stories about what I thought was...
2: A clear like abuse of a situation, and fraud, and kids being taken advantage of, and all this stuff, and not only did it not prompt any like legal action or anything, like it didn't even get those readers that you know we were hoping for. So it's just a it's just a case of like this isn't the kind of thing that there's anybody out there caring about, which is pretty bleak for the landscape of. High school sports, high school in general, school in general. But that's how it seems to me.
0: Yeah, when you think about it, it's pretty bleak indeed. There were few consequences after the scandal.
3: Roy Johnson, the person that, you know, ran this scheme, has faced zero consequences from his actions
0: involving this scheme. Roy Johnson was fired from Bishop Sycamore and faces several lawsuits related to the so-called school including not paying the hotels the team stayed in or repaying his bank loan. But none of it has been settled yet. Andre Peterson, Bishop Sycamore's director, took over coaching duties and has continued to deny that the school was a scam. From what it seems, Bishop Sycamore is not operating currently. Ben says the Ohio government did start a report in December of 2021 with recommendations on how to prevent something like this from happening again.
3: That report and those recommendations got the, you know, rubber stamp approval of Governor DeWine, who said, yes, these are good ideas. I support them. Here we are in the early beginnings of 2023, and those laws have never even been proposed, much less enacted.
0: So, basically, nothing has really changed.
3: Ohio law is deficient to properly address this issue and prevent it from happening again. So, there is nothing... That would stop Roy Johnson or anyone else from running Bishop Sycamore or a school like it in 2023. They'd be able to do it all again.
0: In the past few years, there's been a shift in the way the state government in Ohio approaches regulations of private and home schools. There's been a push for less supervision of school curriculum, making it easier for these kinds of things like Bishop Sycamore to happen. The students who attended Christians of Faith Academy and Bishop Sycamore, they went through a lot. Some students have sworn off football entirely.
1: They said they was going to reach out to schools for us, do this and do that. They ain't do nothing. They ain't care. It was just, it was bad. And I don't ever wish that upon any kid, you know, chasing their dreams and coming out of high school and trying to pursue football. What we went through was, was bad one of the worst
0: experiences of my life. Mario Agin has moved on from the COF scandal, but he still has a love for football. He's currently a student at the University of Louisville, Kentucky, where he studies sports management and is a running back on his school's football team. Last December, he won an award for his offensive play, all with no help from COF. Roy Johnson, the guy who came up with this whole scheme, We don't know what he was thinking. Maybe he thought he was doing a good thing, you know, starting a new football school to help the youth. But along the path of his dream, he took quite a few wrong turns. He made promises he couldn't keep, and those promises had significant stakes. These are kids who were hungry for another opportunity, and they bought into his dream, many of whom flew across the country, left their homes, only to arrive at a hotel, not a dorm, to sleep on the floor, not in a bed, and to have to beg, borrow, or steal to eat. And not to mention putting their health and safety at risk by playing back-to-back games without medics. Clearly, this fever dream of his went too far. These kids and adults, they didn't deserve any of this. And if that's not sad enough, As it stands right now, there's nothing stopping another Bishop Sycamore from happening again. Ben and Andrew co-authored a book coming out this fall called Friday Night Lies, The Bishop Sycamore Story from Triumph Books. Hey, folks, thanks for listening. Just a reminder to follow Cheat wherever you get it. And please do leave a rating and a review if you like what we're doing. It helps other people discover the show. And of course, we want more listeners. Also, if you want to listen to the show without the ads, you can subscribe to Cheat Plus. It's like Cheat but better. It's just $2.99 a month. Or if you're in the UK, £2.49. And you get all of this without having to listen to those annoying commercials. Just go to Apple Podcasts and hit subscribe instead of follow. You can try it for free now. Next time on Cheat. When I got
2: to Charlotte in 1984, the big celebrities were a few NASCAR drivers, a few pro wrestlers, and Jim and Tammy. It was the biggest scandal going and in some ways the perfect scandal. You had sex, you had money, you had religion. It was all there.
0: Cheat is presented by me, Alzo Slade. This episode was produced by Casey Georgie. The executive producers are Lizzie Jacobs and Tom Koenig. The series editor is Megan Dietrich. The original idea for the show was developed by Tom Fuller. Mixing and scoring by Martin Peralta at Output Media. Kyra Acebe Bonsu is our associate producer. Special thanks to the Sony Legal Team. Our production coordinators are Jennifer Mystery and Iker Egbatola.